Hello and welcome to Division One Rejects. For those of you who have not been around, this is sports talk from guys that did not make the cut. And for those of you who have been around, welcome to the new studio. Fellas, I'm excited to be in this one. Yep. That's where you step in, Ty. Hell damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, got, we got Tyshawn King with us today. Ty, what's up, bro? Best back in the country. Best back in the country, Tyshawn King. That's how I'm going to introduce you from now on. Yeah. And we got little Manzo, Cade Manzo with us. Cade. I don't, I, I don't got all those guest. titles, but, you know, yeah. I'm in the cut. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are in the new studio today. Kobe Manzo, I'm your host. And uh, today, fellas, we've got a great episode ahead of us. We've got uh, a guest today that has one of the best stories, I think, that we've had on the podcast. That's Jake Huber. We'll talk to him very soon here. He went out of high school, went from winning a state championship in high school to being the equipment manager at the University of Illinois and actually worked his way to a spot on the team. He's in the quarterback room over there. So super excited to talk to Jake here real soon. But other than that, we've got some big NFL news. We have not actually had the chance to talk about uh, Dwayne Haskins, uh, the unfortunate death of Dwayne Haskins down in Florida. Uh, rest in peace to him. He died at 24 years old. Sickening. Tragic. That is, it's absolutely unreal to me, um, and you just hate to hear that from anybody. But we'll we'll touch on that um, and moving forward in the NFL. A story that's been circulating about Tom Brady potentially leaving the Bucks for the Dolphins after he retired and trying to be an owner, help the front office, and also play for Miami. We'll so, talk about that story. So, such it, cap, such cap, and all of it, all of it. <laughs> How, what's he gonna do? Manage a team, play quarterback, be the coach, and fill the water bottles too? He might inflate the balls too. Yeah, he might do that. <laughs> yeah, <he's gonna> deflate. <laughs> uh, finally, though, in the NFL, the Colts just signed Stephon Gilmore to a two-year deal, the former Pro Bowl corner from New England and, I guess, Carolina most recently, right? No, he just made a Pro Bowl. What's that? He just made the Pro Bowl this past season. That's what I'm saying, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like before, he should have. before that, too. I did not know that. Not Even though his stats year. haven't been crazy, but. Oh, you mean you're talking about like, his like deploy? This past his season, deploy? he just. Like, defensive player of the year year? Or? No, no, oh, no, no, okay, no. Okay, okay. This past like season, the Panthers year. Carolina, yeah, he yeah, made okay. I did not know that. Only played eight games with Carolina as well. So that's an interesting story there. Big piece for Indianapolis. Finally, though, uh, we're going to talk about some USF, USFL Excuse me, today, guys. You know I like my USFL. Game week is here. The game starts probably today as you're watching this. We're recording this on Friday night. It'll be posted on Saturday. So game day is today. Uh, the USFL is bringing a lot of new stuff to the game broadcast. They're going to have FPV drones flying around the games, multiple sky cams, and helmet cams for both teams. I don't know how they're planning on pulling all this off. Yeah, that's a lot of, it's going to be a lot of technical a lot of difficulties. Ifs. It's a lot of ifs. Not only that, they will have 16 players mic'd up in every single game. Oh, wow. 16 players. How do you have that much yeah, like video much. crew to do that? You know what it is, and we'll talk about it later, but I think it's because they're only hosting this in one city. It's in Al- it's a Birmingham, Alabama. So Yeah, shout out my boy Highlight Higgy. Is, everything is there. Shout out your boy. But um, it, it's going to be interesting for the USFL. We'll talk about them a bit. But as always, you can listen pretty much anywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore Rejects and on Instagram at Division One Rejects. And finally, check us out on YouTube. We got the video version of the podcast going. Tell your friends. Tell your brothers, your sisters, your auntie, Ty, right? Tell everybody, bro. Shout out my auntie. <laughs> Shout out, Granny. Shout out, my mama. <laughs> Shout out, my sister, even though she didn't call me back yesterday. Damn. You honor for that. You honor for that. But thank you all for tuning in, and let's go right to that interview with Jay Huber. Joining us now is a quarterback at the University of Illinois, but he actually started out as an equipment manager for the Illini. This guy's made some national news in the past month or so, and he's proven himself at the highest level. It's Jay Huber. Jake, what is going on, brother? Super excited to have you on the podcast today. What's going on, man? Pleasure. And Jake, I saw, you know, snooping through your, your Instagram bio, or not the Instagram bio, sorry, the Illinois uh, player profile, July 4th birthday, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a fun one. Hey, I got the same birthday, brother. I'm, I'm two years older, but we got the same birthday. I was looking at that. I thought that was hilarious. That's sweet, dude. Um, I know spending it up in here, uh, Marquette here has been awesome, but I'm sure you've had some, uh, you've had some good birthdays as well. But, you know, small talk and all that aside, Tell me about your story, man. You balled out in high school. You won a state championship. But what was the mindset like for you looking at recruiting and playing in college? Obviously, coming out of college, you might not have had the offers that you wanted. You may have not been visiting the places that you thought you might end up because you're a guy that had such a high level of success at the high school level. What was your mindset like looking into colleges and playing at the next level? And how did you end up working at uh, at U of I? Yeah, so, you know, I don't. I don't really personally like talking about myself a lot, so it might not be the best, but um, high school was, it was good. It was successful. I started for three years. Um, 
So freshman year, actually, I didn't. I was sharing reps as quarterback. Sophomore year, I started varsity after three games of JV. Then started junior year, won a state championship. Uh, senior year, I think we would have won again, but we had a you know COVID season, so we only played six games. Um, and then, you know, when the pandemic hit, that was the spring of my junior year. So right after we won the state championship, and you know, I was getting uh, coaches reaching out to me, DMing me, emailing me, getting letters. Like, okay, you know, it's cool. And once COVID hit, um, you know, all these guys are getting all your eligibility. Coaches are, you know, not reaching out to players anymore, especially guys like my age. You know, it's like, hey, we don't need guys coming in because we have guys staying in all year. So it's like, okay, well now what? Now what do I do? Because I had, you know, it seemed like I had a lot of interest from the schools, um, and now I'm, I'm nowhere. And so, you know, I had I had good interest from uh, Platteville, a Division three school, really good uh, college football. Um, obviously, any level of still football, and you know that was always a place I wanted to go, but I knew um, in college, since I had no offers, uh, no stars, nothing like that, so, um, but I always knew I wanted to play football, and, you know, I always knew since I was a kid that, that my last football game, I didn't want to be played in high school, I always wanted to be playing college, and so, um, for me, you know, having no offers, um, it really just came down to education, you know, I knew I wanted to be an um, engineering major, and, there's a lot of good engineering schools in the Midwest, Purdue, Illinois, so Ohio State. Um, so I applied to a few schools and kind of just checked out the football. Obviously, Aiden O'Connell's at Purdue, and I, I've trained with them, and, you know, that's not really ideal for me. But I looked at Illinois, okay, I saw Brandon Peters. He's going to be gone after um, that year. And, um, you know, I, it seemed like, okay, you know, good school I like it and honestly it really just came down to the deadline when I choose um, had to choose college um, what school I wanted to go to and I kind of just you know flipped the coin and was like all right I'll go to Illinois and you know I'll have a roommate my uh, buddy from high school I think it's worked out perfect so once I got there um, I talked to my high school coach hey do you know anyone from the Illinois you know staff yeah I know a guy um, you know he coached high school football I'll give you his email. So I started emailing him, um, you know, seeing, okay, is there anything I can do? Is there any way that I can get a tryout? Is there any way I can get a workout? workout, workout, workout? You know, is there any way, you know, he said, you know, we're not doing walk-ons. Like we got these six-year players who got an extra year of eligibility. We don't, we don't need anyone right now. So it's like, okay, is there any way I can be a part of the team in this fall and see if there's any opportunity in the spring? said, yeah, uh, I'll get you with our equipment manager guy. Reach out to him. As soon as I got on campus, um, you know, I uh, emailed him and I applied to the job, met him. He's like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll give you the job, you know. So I started working there, but at that time, I was still uh, emailing the coaches, DMing them, uh, leaving, paper, you know, papers at their doors to see if they give me an opportunity. Obviously, in the fall, they're really just focused on you know, each week and preparing for the game. So I didn't really try and bug them a whole lot just because, you know, they're focused on winning football games. They're not focused on getting a kid to walk on. So I waited um, until the season ended, and I was originally going to talk to Tony Peterson, who was a quarterback coach and OC uh, in the fall. And he was like, yeah, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. Come find me after the season. And so I was waiting to find him and, he, you know, I got let go. So I was like, okay, well, you know, who do I talk to now? And so I come back from, I come back from winter break and, you know, it's just, it's winter workouts. So it's just workouts. I'm there as a equipment manager, just doing laundry, stuff like that. And every day I just go in. Uh, obviously coaches are out like recruiting, it's a big recruiting time, you know, just talking to players and, going to their houses, you know, stuff like that, which was all news to me. I, you know, I've never been through that stuff. Obviously, I was recruited a lot in high school, but um, I would just leave letters at the uh, Coach Bielema's door. Hey, I just, you know, I just would like an opportunity to play. 
I'm just looking for an opportunity, just a tryout, a workout, whatever it is. You know, I just want one opportunity because you know, I'll lose sleep if I never got a chance, you know. And so one day I did that, and I was walking out, and I walked past Coach Lonnie, the new offensive coordinator. It was like one of his first days there. I was like, you know, Coach Lonnie's like, yeah. And I gave him the whole rundown. Hey, I'm Jacob Huber, my manager. You know, I'm studying engineering, but I really want to play football. Is there any way I can get an opportunity? I've been trying to talk to Coach Bielema. Because he goes, yeah, um, that's awesome. He liked my story. Said I'll I'll run it by him. So about a week or two after that, um, they're just doing a workout, and I was snapping balls, whatever, for a walkthrough as a manager. Uh, practice ends, and coach, you know, everyone, coach brings up all the players, everyone's on a D in front of them, and he goes, uh, it was a pretty cool moment. He's like, uh, introducing the new staff, like new trainer and stuff like that. He goes, and your new teammate brought me in front of everybody. Everyone got hyped. And it was like, it was really cool. It was like one of those things you see on like Twitter or whatever. Um, and my knees were shaking. I've never been like, but I, you know, from that day on, I never looked back. And I was like, this is the one opportunity I've been waiting for my entire life. You know, I, I was really thankful. And, but as soon as I was in that meeting room, you know, like 15 minutes after we had a team meeting, I was like, I'm ready to go. Like, this is, this is my chance. I finally got it. So, and not to cut you off, but talk about that and going out there, um, you know, making the opportunity for yourself, right? That's the more important, most important part about that for me is that you obviously didn't wait around, right? You didn't wait around to see if something was going to shake because at that level, it just doesn't. And, and you know that now you've been there, but dropping the letters under the coach's doors constantly being, I love it, dude. I love it. I think that's so awesome. I think it's what you have to do though, to, in order to separate yourself like that and, the story, at least that I heard, was that you were getting walk-on wide receivers to go out and throw routes before practice, and that you know maybe it could have been you know here like playing a game of telephone. You hear it from one person, gets a little bit uh, jarbled as you go along. But is there any, is there any truth to that about grabbing guys and throwing before practice and uh, maybe showing the coaches that you had uh, you had an arm to you? To you? Yeah, I mean that that part. Yeah, I mean that I knew one guy. I was texting him, hey what are you doing this weekend? You want to catch balls for me? And he'd bring a couple guys. And every weekend for a few weeks, we just, you know, they just run routes to me. And like, all right, you run whatever you guys run to practice. And I'll just throw to you guys. And okay. And so we did that. I don't know if coach ever saw me or coach ever asked them or how that happened. But one of the players, Isaiah Williams, said he, he thought that Coach Bielma probably yeah, saw us one day. Up in the little video, um, in the indoor, they got a little balcony for the video crew. He thinks Coach saw us there one day, but I don't know. I mean, but that is true. I did throw to those guys. They did help me out. So that's awesome, man. I, I and I figure, you know, maybe that's not exactly how it played out, but um, you know, something along those lines. It, like you said, it seriously sounds like it's out of a movie, right? Like someone wrote this up to be that way, and I can only imagine what that felt like, like, obviously you see the guys, the PWOs and, and the walk-ons in general that get these scholarship offers. We see those videos all the time on Twitter, but I have to imagine that that situation of even just getting that spot on the team to begin with had to have been eerily similar because a lot of those guys had been around you and know that the work that you put into that in order to get to that place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it really did feel like it was out of a movie, you know, watching Rudy growing up, it's like, Stuff like that, like, I mean, that stuff that doesn't get old. Stuff that doesn't get old. I, you know, I built a, I, you know, a few good relationships with guys. When I, you know, it was cool, you know, that they were supportive of me and they hugged me. And, you know, so happy for you, man. Like, it was really nice. You know, I felt like I was already, you know, part of the family. Yeah, and that's that's the most important part, I think, is that you feel like you belong immediately. You're in there with those guys. Now, we've got a former NMU quarterback over there, RJ, or I guess by his government name, Ryan Johnson. Um, but he's, you know, from what I've heard, running with the twos, getting a couple of cracks at it here. Um, and that QB room right now, you talked about it a little bit with Brandon Peters leaving. There's a big hole open right there. And I would imagine that Sikowski is the guy taking the ones reps right now. But what does that quarterback room look like right now heading into the fall? So actually, Art is going off um, surgery, so he's in rehab right now. So he's not taking any reps. He's taking any reps along. Um, there's a transfer there's from Tier Two, Tommy But you know, the the one spot really is up in the air at this point. Um, Ryan Johnson and Tommy are 
doing really well. So, you know, I, I have I have no answers for you. The coaches don't have any answers for the media or anything. So, you know. Sorry, I totally get that. I was not definitely not grilling you for uh, you know who's going to be the guy under center uh, come fall. But what is your what has your relationship been like with those guys in that room, and how has that changed going from you know your previous role, obviously, to being another one of the guys in that room every day, breaking down film, being out at practice, going through those reads, and I guess more specifically, coming out of high school, it's not like you went to a you know a Division two school and, and made the jump. You went right out of high school to seeing looks from a, a Division One defense at one of the highest levels and one of the best conferences in the country. What has that been like for you just uh, in practice and being in that, in that room with those talented quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, it's – you know, at first it was like when I was with them all the time, it's like, wow, them all the time. So like I watch you guys on TV, but uh, you know, once, you, once you get to know them, it's – it's a normal friendship relationship. Yeah. Friendship, um, but definitely going to you know high school defense. Um, to not you know it wasn't a big high school, it was, you know average size. It was pretty small actually, but those kids aren't Division One athletes, and some of them were, but you know majority of them aren't. And to go to a Division One uh, defense, it's, it's very uh, eye-opening. To me, that was it's definitely the hardest thing that. I got to get used to. I'm still not used to it, you know, after my fair share of interceptions. Um, but, you know, it's it's just a part of the process. And it's all about learning, watching film. But, you know, there's there's really good athletes out there. And it's, you know, like I said, it's eye-opening. Like, it's, it's a lot different than what I'm used to. So, but it's, yeah. I totally believe that, man. Going from making that jump, you would be – insane to not go to that level and make some type of uh you know mistake here or there but uh Cade you've got something yeah Jacob it's uh it's Cade here I just want to say first of all uh one heck of a story um like Kobe said it's one of those things you see every now and then from a from a big time college a guy getting a scholarship or getting uh getting a spot on the team I just want to say that's super awesome for you and I'm super excited for you but uh now that you've got there and you kind of got this opportunity when you're back in the pocket, do you do you feel comfortable? You feel like you should be there, like this is your spot, and you don't feel out of pocket. Yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, I I haven't personally gotten like, so different, but you know, getting out there, it's, getting out there. Once you get in the flow of things, at the end of the day, it's football, and you train. You know, you train as hard as you can, and you do as much as you can. Walk through, going through plays in your rooms, look at your notes and stuff like that. I mean. It's really just reacting, and like I said, it's you know it's football at the end of the day, and obviously it's just bigger guys coming at you, trying to take your head off, but you know it's it's just part of the game and something that you get used to. So totally, dude. Those guys are uh, they're pretty they're pretty big ones. We played uh, we actually played. I don't know if you guys remember from Ferris State. They had that transfer defensive end that was from Illinois because Drake was boys with them. I don't know if you remember that. He was number nine, maybe coming off the edge. Ty, do you remember you remember what I'm talking about? I ain't play against Ferris. That's true. You didn't make the trip either, did you? No. My bad. He, he was huge. <laughs> he was a big boy. He was good. So we've we kind of we've kind of seen what you're uh, what you're getting at there. But um, my last thing for you, Jacob, is just talk about a little bit about throw it deep. You're an alum from there. Obviously, you've trained with those guys for a while. I saw they had posted about you and and your hard work ethic to get to that level. What can you say about training with them and and how it prepared you to go play at the next level in college? Yeah. Um, so. This fall, I'll be there. That'll be my fifth year being there. So I've been there for a while. Um, when I was younger, like freshman year, I was kind of just forced by my dad to go. Like, I really didn't enjoy going. Um, honestly, I didn't like football as much as I do now. And it was just kind of like, do I have to go to this? But, you know, once I started getting better and you know, seeing progress in myself, and okay, I kind of like this whole thing. I want to keep going. And I started going just about every weekend for. God knows how long, the last four years, I guess. And, you know, when you train with guys like like I said, also NFL guys, other Division One guys, you're around coaches that they don't give you the right information and they're not going to baby you. They're not going to, like, make you feel good. You know, they want you to be the best. So being around guys like that the last four years, you know, I've made some of my best friends there. Um, and it's really just a special environment. Like, it's personally obviously I'm biased but you know I think it's the best in the country and the best coaches in the country and I'm very I'm very thankful I'm very, for that. I'm very, very, very away from my house and it's unreal but 
you know, it really, it really does develop you when you're a good quarterback. I believe it, dude. And shout out to, to Jimmy Martin, our guy. I know uh, to people who do watch the episodes, he was not able to make it tonight. And I'll tell you, Jimmy is sitting at home right now. He went home for Easter, and he is pissed that he could not be on here with you, brother. But, uh, Jake, that is, that's all I've got for you today, man. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you hopping on here. It's been great to have you on, bro. bro. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime. I, I really appreciate this. You know, it's good stuff. All right, Jacob. I'll see you, brother. Thank you once again. And uh, Jacob Huber, guys, the man. I'll see you, brother. Man, that was that was sweet with Jake. I, like seriously, it, it felt like some story that somebody wrote up somewhere that those things do not happen very often. Like I would, I would really like to hear of the last time something like that has happened. I, I really feel like that's a really rare occurrence, and I, I was super happy to have him on. Hell yeah, Illinois they they be giving out shots though. They do. RJ didn't like just transfer, you know, to like straight to the football team. Like he went up there, they gave him a workout. Really, and he impressed, and they he didn't him. have anything guaranteed when he uh, when he went there initially. Nope. He just graduated. He graduated from here, and he just chose Illinois as a grad school, but he wanted to keep playing ball. So shout out Illinois. Yeah, that's sweet, man. Like I like yeah. I said, that's giving someone a shot like that. Hopefully he uh, he earns his keep over there. I got no doubt about it. Seems like he got the good work ethic. Um, could you imagine being the head coach every day, just like a little letter oh, under, yeah. your, under your door every day? And you got to like, get tired of it, but you got to respect it. Right? Like, who the hell is this Huber kid? Yeah, that one, at one point he's going to be like, all right, let me, go, let me just go – Get this out of the way. Yeah, like, let me at least talk to this kid, like, figure out if he's decent or not, if he even is worth the conversation. I I like to think he actually walked by one of those workouts one day and was like, yeah, he got got an arm on him. Yeah. He got an arm on him. We had a kid. We got a kid like that here. Yeah. He didn't work out like that, though. (laughs) What's that? My boy, you know him. You love him. Oh. (laughs) Cameraman (laughs) from the Bronx. The boy? (laughs) The boy. (laughs) Good Lord. But uh, (laughs) moving over to... Some NFL conversation, fellas. Dwayne Haskins, he unfortunately died at 24. The current Pittsburgh Steeler was in South Florida, was walking across a highway when he got struck by a dump truck, and he was was dead on the scene. Like, that, seriously, that broke so many hearts, but it broke the internet that day. And it was like, it's such a weird day to be on any type of social media because you're so often reminded of a tragedy like that, and rightfully so. People should have open discourse about a conversation like that. But it just open your phone every time throughout the day and just to be constantly reminded how, how soon that his life was taken from him was, was absolutely terrible. What was your initial reaction to that? Uh, the, first thing, the first thing I saw was, like, I didn't see everybody. Or the first thing I saw was everybody, like, mad at Adam Schefter. That's the first tweet I saw about the whole thing. And I'm like, what, why is everybody mad at Adam Schefter? And then you see what he said, and it was just like, what he said about him was just terrible. Like, something that didn't matter at that point. We talking about somebody's life being taken away from them, and you talking about up and down starting the NFL, and then, yeah. like, you hear NFL Hall of Famer Gil Brandt talking about maybe he should have stayed in school another year. It absolutely, was always absolutely awful. Like, yeah. when you just hear stuff like that, when somebody's life just got taken from them, it just, it's just terrible. He's On top of him fame, already, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. On top of him already losing his life, you have people talking down to him. After he's passed, the same morning, like it was the same morning. Not even hours after he's passed. And that's what I wanted to bring up today is because, you know, we can mourn the loss of, of a great player that he was, a standout at Ohio State, like Adam Schefter called him. But then he went on to say this, Dwayne Haskins, quote, Dwayne Haskins, a standout at Ohio State before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL, died this morning and went to go on to talk about the death. And that sentence right there, before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL was absolutely unnecessary and uncalled for. And he obviously realized this rather soon, but not before it had over 20,000 retweets, quote tweets rather, and over 8,000 retweets, over 40,000 likes. This was up, not like it was up for five minutes. Mm -hmm. This was up for a majority of the day before he was finally forced to take it down. He then deleted that tweet and replaced it, uh, with Dwayne Haskins, a standout at Ohio State, before becoming Washington's first-round pick and playing in Pittsburgh. And then the rest of the tweet continued. Why does it matter where and he played or where he was picked? Exactly. That's like, the wh- point, is that his death has nothing to do with his play 
or his level of play in the NFL, those two things are absolutely yeah. absolved from one another, and there's no reason to be included in the same sense. And that's where a lot of the frustration comes from. And, I mean, you guys had to listen to me for a couple of days, be absolutely unbearable about the topic because I'm very passionate in this field. And seeing that from somebody who is regarded at the best in their field yeah. as being an insider, he even does a lot of reporting, uh, a lot of other type of news. As seeing someone who's regarded at the top of their field to have a slip-up of that magnitude, it's not even a slip up though. And then, like he wouldn't have if if nobody said anything. That's where it still be. He might have kept yeah. it. Yeah. He might have kept it, and that's what I'm saying. That was up there for so long, and we didn't actually get an apology until days later on his mm-hmm. podcast. By the way, hey, listen here. Look, listen to my uh, apology that I have on my podcast that millions of people watch. Exactly, and you know why? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and trash Adam Schefter for an hour, although I could. I, I most definitely could. But, but my problem with that, and like you said, is the podcast is not the platform to do something That's like that. That's what I'm that. saying. You know. And when you look on Twitter and you see there's no face. He didn't have his face in the video. It was just a soundbite from his podcast. And so when you go on Twitter and you see this image and it says the Adam Schefter podcast, blah, 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 and it's blowing up, obviously, because of the controversy that has surrounded this topic – what you need to do is sit down. You don't need any high-tech equipment. You don't need anything. You sit down with your phone. You put it on your face, and you speak some heart-spoken words that come as it would sound implied from the heart. I think that's all you need to do in that situation. Now, the problem that I have with the podcast thing is, one, is a self-promotion, but two is that you hear him read that, and it's very blatantly obvious to me that he's reading from a script. Scripted, yep. mm-hmm. And that somebody from his, you know, his PR team has... has written a script for him, and I believe that's why he didn't want to show his face. That's my opinion. I have no idea if that's truth or fact, but that, to me, was very upsetting from him. I wish they would... I wish, like, NFL Network, right when, right when it happened, when you heard the news about Haskins, like Ty, Ty said about uh, Gil Brandt or whatever, however you say his name, they immediately started talking about his football life. Like, before he was a football player, that kid was a kid just like everyone else growing up, and he had a fam- he has a family, and he has... Think about what if... Kobe, I'm just saying hypothetically, if one of us... Happened to us, and our parents saw that tweet on Twitter. What, what, like that's 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 the thing I thought about immediately. I thought about his family. I say, I, I mean, can never have. He's that. 24. That's, that's not what, ridiculous to think that. that that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not ridiculous to, think, to even make that comparison. Like, I immediately you say that, thought about it's his not family, even ridiculous yeah. to make that comparison. We've got guys on our team that are older than that. Shoot, we had Yale Van Dyne, our wide receiver, uh, just last year was 26, going on 27. Like we are around guys every day that that are that are that age, and being around guys of that age, we know that. You know, you may not have everything I've figured out. Like, right. guaranteed, you do not have everything figured out. Nope. And you have so much more life ahead of you. Like, you're really just getting started. And to see that from that guy, and you saw all the players that came out in support of him, he seemed, you know, he's made his mistakes before, right? He, like, he has made mistakes. Um, he broke COVID protocol and went to, like, a strip club in the middle of their season. Like, he was celebrating on the sideline when they had, when he got his first career win. Like, there, there are mistakes. But like I said, that has nothing to do with his life, like, exactly. in, a, in, in full perspective. So for a guy like him, he seemed to make everyone around him smile. He didn't die playing football. No, he did not. And that's that's why it should be held completely in a separate regard. Yep. But you hear all these guys that talk about him, and he seemed to just make everybody smile around him. Yeah. And that, I think, is a much more important legacy to leave behind than struggling to catch on I with think it's, two I, NFL franchises. I think it's a major problem with just sports media as a whole. Yeah. And you're not wrong. Like, when you hear certain figures, the way they talk about people, in the way they attack certain people, I think it's just a, it's a, and then when something like that happens, then everybody wants to be sympathetic. When all you could hear, you know what I'm saying, two years ago was everybody saying how terrible he is at this. Yep. How he shouldn't have been this, he shouldn't have been that. And when he passed, and rightfully so, you show your respect. Flip the script, yeah. But it, it just goes to show the problem that we have with sports media. Like, they'll talk reckless about anybody. Like, okay, for example, Frank Vogel coached his final game for the Lakers. Ten minutes after the game, it's reports all over Twitter. Yeah, he's going to be fired tomorrow. And he, he wasn't. He didn't even know. He can't even hear that from the front office. He has to find yeah. out through the internet and in a press conference after the game. And he, you know, and you ruin moments like that for for somebody. And that's just a lack of empathy for others and a lack of care. Like when players find out they've been traded from Twitter, you know, it, it's just a it's it, awful. No, so it lack is. of respect. It's all sports media as a whole to and, me. And not even to mention, you know, this guy was a husband, right? He had a wife, and I'm assuming they were going to have a family sometime down the line. That obviously is not going to happen anymore. And for me, something that above all else speaks volumes for his character is that he was a guy that was endorsed by Mike Tomlin. And Tomlin, mm-hmm. I think, 
is regarded as having one of the highest and best judgment of character of anybody in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. I think he's very highly regarded for that. And he said that, quote, I'm devastated and at a loss for words for the unfortunate passing of Dwayne Haskins. Uh, He quickly became part of our Steelers family upon his arrival in Pittsburgh and was one of our hardest workers both on the field and in the community. He says Dwayne was a great teammate, but even more so a tremendous friend to so many. I'm truly heartbroken. I love that. And like I said, that to me is the much more everlasting, you know, impact of what he's done to that organization and just to the league in general. The only people who had something bad to say were the people who didn't know him. Exactly. When you look at people power, who knew No, him, that's powerful. You're right. All, because, all you heard was just yeah. great things about him. The only totally people right. who, had, who had said something crazy were the people who didn't know him. You're totally right. And so I just, you know, not to start this pod on, on, on more of a somber note, but I think that needs to happen every once in a while, and you can't oh, yeah. just ignore news like this. And yeah, I've been, for sure. I, for one, have been waiting to get on here and at least just talk about this because um, – you know, I would just say this is my platform, as much as it is you guys, to to speak about things that, that we're passionate about. And mm-hmm. I think this is very important space to respect that type of news, just like we respect anything else. 100%. Like, we'll go on to talk about some some BS story about whether or not Tom Brady did this or a signing. But, like, this, for me, was something that we needed to get out of the way. and Not to get out of the way is the wrong way to say it, but to, to lead with mm-hmm. and to talk about first. So, um, I appreciate you guys for that. And I, you know, to circle back around, I didn't even mention the Gil Brandt thing. You kind of hinted at it. Not only is he a Hall of Famer, he's in the Cowboys Ring of Honor or like something, whatever it is. Makes sense. And he had said that he was a man, quote, that was living to die in a sense. And to hear something that insensitive from somebody who is that highly regarded in the football world is just tragic and it is very disappointing. And he also released an apology. But again, not it well you can only do so much the in thing with the thing with me and that is right when i heard it and you, you can't take words back you know once they're out there you're, no, they're you are always cannot. out there i was like first of all what i'm pretty sure gill or whatever whatever he's he's pushing 90 years old oh yeah he, he is so if, if you're yep. if you're in if you're in his corner and on his team why the hell are you putting a mic in front of his mouth That's a he great probably question. doesn't even remember what he had for lunch yesterday oh jeez like that's what i'm like at, at that point it's like it's terrible what they're saying, you know what I mean? But he might – I'm not trying to defend him. I'm just saying it another yeah. perspective. No, I if you're in his team or a family member or something, you keep him completely out of this. He has nothing to do with that. And from now on, I think your wish will be definitely made true because there's no way that guy gets back in front of a no. microphone if it's not to make an apology. Other than that, I don't think he As has he sh- any yep. chance being back on there. And, you know, like you had said, Ty, the quote that you had uh, brought up initially besides the living to be dead quote is that, quote, Maybe if he stayed in school a year, he wouldn't do silly things. Like he was what? Like that had anything to do with the fact that he had just passed away. Like that's 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 what I mean. It's just a, it's a lack of empathy for athletes. It's hard to swallow, man. When you have words like that, and he spoke them with such confidence and such purpose that you know that was not like. There's no way of weaseling your way out of that. Nope. There's absolutely no way, um, and that should be absolutely condemned from from the media world. And I hope that you know, consequences will be brought down on him. I have not seen anything update-wise as far as you know, the consequences of those guys, but um, hopefully in the near future we will have some type of clarity, <clears throat> excuse me, on that situation. But, you know, moving on from that, I talked about the importance of that. We can go on a little bit of a lighter a lighter note here as, as we finish out. Um, Rip other, Simba before, yeah, before we get out of here. There you here. go. Rip Rest Simba, in peace man. to Dwayne Haskins, seriously. Um, but – Go over to Tom Brady, another quarterback in the NFL. Hard to, you know, there's no great transition out of that one. No. Nope. You know, there's no great transition. But we move on because, you know, that's what you have to do in situations like that. And his friends and family are, are learning that right now as well. But Tom Brady, these reports have been circling right now. Whether or not it's just because the NFL is in a very slow news period right now has yet to be determined. But the reports are saying that after retiring, Brady's plan was to become a minor, minority owner, excuse me, of the Miami Dolphins, help run the front office, and play for the team under who? Do you guys know? Brian Flores. Nope. Belichick? Nope. Who's a coach that had just recently retired? I oh, uh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. That's that, so many, like, Supposedly if, that was that, the, I know, I know, and supposedly that was the plan, but this has, like, been reported by so many different sources that this actually had some, you know, some type of, of fruition to it. So, the same day as he retired, former Miami coach Brian Flores sued the NFL, the Broncos, Giants, and Dolphins for, quote, racism in hiring, right? And that goes against, you know, kind of with, like, the Rooney rule. I don't know much you guys know about that as far as interviewing and hiring minority yep, coaches. Yep. Yeah. Um, this reportedly threw off Brady's plan. 
What I like, like you said, go ahead, kid. I see, the, I see the smirk. What do, what do we think about this? It's just one of those things where you got a big name, you're just gonna throw a bunch of crap out there, and people bite onto it because it's Tom Brady. Think so. Uh, when, when, come on, like minority owner and a and a player. Like that's this like is saying, not the '60s. Ty, listen to me here. That's like saying if the Lakers got Buddy Heald this year instead of Russell Westbrook, they go to the finals. Because they got this, 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 and that. Because this is going to work, this is going to work, this is going to work. LeBron's going to play 82 games. He's going to average 40 points a game. And then, like, it, it's, it's flawed because they say that after they get Tyreek Hill, da 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 Yeah. Nobody was looking at the Dolphins like, oh, they're a contender. Yep. At the end of the season. <clears throat> Very true. Not at that point in time, they were not. Most definitely. And But I will say there's there's some – I have to go back to the – oh, go ahead. I did hear that he wanted to go play for the Dolphins – I did hear that, you know, okay. and that's believable. Yeah, but minority owner <laughs> front can't help in the front office and play quarterback for an NFL front. It's a str- it's a belie- I'm with you. And it's then a go stretch. home and kiss your kids in the lips that night. <laughs> and go win an eighth Super Bowl. That's a lot of things to focus but, on. But on the on the Brian Flores thing, obviously that's a very real situation that's going to be handled over the coming months uh, or maybe years in court. We don't know how long that could take. Um, it's gonna be a while. <clears throat> What we do know is that the NFL is strapped when it comes yeah, to the court. I was going to say, they got money. That's going to be a while. Yeah. So hopefully Brian Forrest can hold up to that. Now, the complaint from him was that he had landed multiple interviews for head coaching positions. Deservedly so. He's a very accomplished coach in the league. Um, but soon figured out they were shams, is what he said. And he says that um, these incidents made him believe that the interviews were so that teams could be in compliance with the Rooney rule that I was talking about. It's nearly 20-year-old NFL policy that requires the teams to interview minority candidates for head coaching positions. Right, so he's saying that these NFL teams are bringing in African-American, Asian, uh, Filipino, whatever type of coaches that there are. They're bringing these coaches in just to say, oh, yeah, like we did our due diligence. We checked out these guys. Mm-hmm. Where in the back of their head, they're like, yeah, we're bringing in this, this guy. Like, I just the talked whole about time, this recently the whole time. in class. That's you did a, I, I, in one of my PR classes. You get a decent grade on it. Stop playing. <laughs> we was in class, and I was basically talking about the Rooney Rule. I can't think of how it was brought up. Yeah, it might have been diversity in sports, but it was just like I mean, that's direct. It's like textbook diversity in sports. Like, like you say in the NFL, the Rooney Rule. You uh, you have to you have to interview minority coaches. Yeah. So teams are looking at like we're gonna give them an interview just cause. Yeah. Versus, like, Michigan just hired a woman to be their quarterback's coach. There's no Rooney rule in the NCAA. It's a GA, by the way. They just hired a woman. No, it's still huge. And that's not, like, basically what I was getting at is, in the NFL, like, those hires and stuff like that, it don't be genuine. It be, I won't say all of them, because I feel like Mike Tomlin is a genuine hire. He's yeah, been there for a long time. I mean, he's one of the winningest coaches, if not the winningest, in the last like ten years. You know, right? Like he, he like he's never Steelers, had a losing season. I'm gonna say I'm pretty sure he has actually not had a losing season yeah, with he, Pittsburgh. He's never had a losing season. Nope. So I say like that speaks volumes too. Most of those with some of the rosters he's had, how banged up that some of those teams have been. Yeah, um, Mason Rudolph playing quarterback for him at one point. Unreal. Like a lot of them don't be genuine, and it'd be because they have to do it. And we were trying to like, it's no really, it's not a solution. To how you can make those hires genuine, like because you don't want to yeah. reward well, teams for hiring minority coaches. But they did, yeah. But they do though. <laughs> That's what you I'm know? saying. And it, it's, it's messed up that it you got to do that. Yeah. But it, it's a it's a weird space for sure. I was just looking at uh, Brian Flores' career stats, and I mean he's won 24 games the past three his three years as head coach 2019, uh, 2020, 2021, like. What's, Solid coaching. It, it, that's what I'm saying. It's and, tough to and do. There's that's guys, tough to do. Think, think about our personal experience. We've had some clowns come through Detroit. Matt Patricia being the top guy on my list. Bob Quinn right there, too, with him. I would take Brian Flores. Oh, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And I'm, you know, I'm happy with, with Dan Campbell. But if, yeah. if Brian Flores comes to the lines, the front footstep last year and was like, hey, I'm going to be the head coach or they, whatever, I, I'd i have been happy as, you know, I'd be happy as hell. Oh, yeah. And that's why I think, like, I'm not just saying, like, I. I definitely believe it. You see it every day. They're giving out draft picks for hiring minority coaches. You know what I mean? So there's got to be another side to that. They're doing that for some reason. Because you know they mean? don't think because the rule is working exactly. in the first place and they need some type of additional so, incentive. So if anything, that strengthens, strengthens Flores' case. If, if, if you're not willing to hire me as the man I am, the coach I am, you have to give me picks 
Yeah. Then what's the other side to this? You know no, what I mean? Totally. Like you're, you're right. I think you're right on it. Now, I will say though, as far as the situation is, is concerned, in this story, be it very outlandish. You yep. know, obviously, I, I can see that myself. But this isn't the first time that someone this this has been rumored to happen before. And he's got uh, guys on his with, with him, Hugh Jackson. Yeah. No, very true. But I, I'm ta- going on the quarterback more so no, side yeah, of this thing. Yeah. Um, Peyton Manning, when he had made the big move and was moving on from the Colts, he had been reportedly in talks to be a part-time owner of several franchises. And that's someone like Peyton Manning in, in, in that prime right there, like when he was playing his best football, mm. he was held in the regard that we hold Tom Brady right now. Yeah, right, because they, sure. Tom Brady had not occurred. You know what I mean? There, like to the, to the way that he had. a guy had. like that, you know, like the guy, the guy. Yeah. So I just say that because I actually don't think that somebody owning a team, being a minority owner, not owning the entire team, but being a minority owner, that I don't think is very that idea specifically is not very outlandish to me. I think I could definitely see that happen. You see that happen in Fortune 500 companies. You see that happen in very large, uh, you know, corporations with this employee ownership uh, type of style. Yeah, you see that happen all the time in the business world. And I think we talked about like when you can't pay them more when it comes to like a salary cap. Right? What do you do for these guys? Mm-hmm. What do you do to additionally incentivize them? What do you do to make sure you land these big names? And I think that's something that you could actually well, use. And I'll say this about the whole thing is if there were one guy to do it and it would be at one time to do it, think about everything that's crazy that's happened in our generation. It'd be Tom Brady to do yeah. it. Yeah, oh, 100%. And, I, and you guys, everyone that's close to me, everyone that's talked football with me knows that I absolutely hate Tom Brady. I just, I'm not a fan. I, I can't watch him play football. It just, it, it, it makes me very angry. People say I'm a hater, but it's just my personal opinion. But I will say if it's one guy to do it in the NFL at this him. time, it'd be Tom Brady. 100%. After retiring from the Chicago Bulls in early 1999, oh, here you go. Michael Jordan became the Washington Wizards vice president of basketball operations, yep. as well as a minority order in January 2000. Great point. He went and played. And that was in 2000. Yeah, that was in 2000. This has been around. But listen to You just haven't really seen it in the football world. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Not to steal your thunder, bro. Hot spot. Oh, yeah. You're good. Football is a entirely different, like, animal. Because to me, I feel like you can probably sit up. Like, LeBron probably sits in the front office every day, you know? Yeah. And, and gets stuff done. Do. <laughs> he probably does. And, you know, people people joke about that, but I I do strongly believe that he probably has some type of influence. You, you know, a decent amount. I'd and say. I feel like yeah. that's easy because really basketball you construct on the team and then they go out there and hoop. Football yep. completely different animal. You're telling me if the Lakers like if you were me to go coach the Lakers right now, Ty. It would really have any effect on that team on that. I roster. could go coach the Lakers to the, playoffs. to the playoffs. Thank you. You could go coach the Lakers. I could go coach the Lakers Seriously. to the playoffs. Seriously, you really believe so? I I promise you because I wouldn't have to coach because LeBron <laughs> would. It's not even about that. It's about it's just having. They just a gotta face. go hoop. It's just having a face and. It's, 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 that's what being a coach in like the NBA. Just all, the players have to go put the ball in the basket. Is Frank Vogel dropping twenty five six and six tonight? No, <laughs> exactly. That's LeBron handing people fifty every yeah. night. Stan Van Gundy, he ain't hooping. <laughs> you better hope not. Yeah. He got some. He got some handles. Man, I ain't trying you to hear seen, that. You yeah, seen on Stan, his mustache. <laughs> you seen? That sounds good. Actually, that was pretty good. So, like Brady but, being the quarterback and working in the front office—that's a lot, man. Nah, it, it was no way. Um, nah. All right. No, it's fair. I'm, I'm with you. I, don't I just buy it. hey, it's something worth talking about. I oh, enjoyed yeah. talking uh, about it. It got, it got our attention. It so. did. Hey, we had a good little talk about it. But otherwise, on the other side of uh, the NFL, Colts land the Pro Bowl corners. Stephon Gilmore. The deal is worth twenty three million dollars over two years. And you know, I kind of alluded to it at the early uh, parts of this podcast. Gilmore. He's not the same player that we saw terrorizing uh, quarterbacks in 2019. That's the year that he won that Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still can be a big addition to that Indianapolis team, I think. And his his passer rating, let up numbers, and, and other things have have definitely decreased, or I guess technically increased. Um, you know, since then, we'll talk about a few of those. But but what do you think about them adding Gilmore? That's a team that really believes they're in a spot right now, not like in a couple of years or that their window has passed, but right now they think they're a Super Bowl team. Right, they they bring on Matt Ryan. They already have a ton of pieces offensively, def- especially defensively. Um, they think they're a Super Bowl contender right now. I feel like because the Colts had one of the top defenses last year. Yeah, and then you pick up one of the Gilmore's a top ten corner in the NFL. I would one hundred percent agree with 100%. that. One hundred percent. Pick up a top ten corner. You got one of the best linebackers in Darius Leonard. You got the best the best slot corner in Kenny Moore. 
The best interior lineman, what the second best? Forrest Buckner. Yeah, behind Aaron. I was about yeah. to say that, but you, yeah, you got yeah. yourself. You got has a lock in. My bad. <laughs> so you got you got pieces uh, on that defense. Dare you say Darius Leonard? Yeah, Darius okay. Leonard, one of the best linebackers. Yep, my this bad. Is a, this is a thing that stands out to me for this Panther secondary, especially is that he's Colts. Or sorry, <laughs> I was thinking it's fine. Get more Panthers. Yeah, no, that's right. He came uh, from Carolina, so he, this is an experienced sense. guy. I mean, he's been a defensive back in the, in the league for what 10, 10 to eleven years now. Close to talking that, about yeah. talking about a guy who won Defensive Player of the Year two, three years ago. And yeah, three. And it, how old is he? You think 30, 33? 31. 31? Okay, that was pretty close. But it's not like you know defense. Still got gas in the defensive tank. backs a hard position to play. It's one of the, one of the hardest, especially corner. Probably especially the at hardest. 31. Probably the hardest. And he's he'll go get the top guy every every uh every Sunday. So I mean That's what they're paying that, him to do. That I told you earlier, that Matt Ryan deal I think is gonna be sneaky, the the best free agent the f- best free agent or trade or whatever uh of the offseason. I, I really do. I think you Matt Ryan's a perfect fit for that. You don't think it's gonna be Carson Wentz two point all over again over in Indy? I don't know. I think Matt Ryan's he's more proven. Uh he's he's sat in that so, same You know what Jimmy would say right now? What would Jimmy say right now if he's talking about Matt Ryan? Did, Come on, man. You should have saw the spirally through against the Saints <laughs> in week 16. It spirally through down the sideline. No, he'd say, Matt Ryan won MVP, man. Yeah. He won MVP. He won MVP. He would say that. He, he won, won MVP. MVP in 2016. Respect. I mean, that's what, that's what it is, though. I agree with Jimmy there. We miss, we miss Jim for those. It'd be great to have, they got have a, all of us. They got a college. great offensive line. They got a guy who's, who, can, who is a certified sit in the pocket, protect me, and let me just air it out. You know, not air it out, but, you know. Make smart throws. Matt Ryan to get yeah. it done. No, he, yeah, I think 100%. he will. And but talking about Gilmore, his his coverage stats from his 2019 deep boy season. So looking at right now, he allowed a 49 percent completion percentage. He only allowed one touchdown that year. Had six picks. His passer rating was 47.4 when Oof. throwing to him. That is crazy. You know what that is? That is unreal. That's an island. That is an island. I think that's textbook. Now, going on 20 to 20, uh, the 2020 to 2021 season, he allowed a 65.6% completion percentage. So definitely up uh, four touchdowns. He only had three interceptions. The passer rating went up to 91.2. Mm. That's a tough number. But like you said, games, still Pro Bowl. How many games Still Pro Bowl, only eight games. Yeah, so, so, so think about the completion percentage. He's, he's got less throws on a, on a, on a lower-scale game, so that's, that explains the completion percentage. Okay. But the touchdowns, I mean, he, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's just, it's just lined up touchdowns. It's hard to, you know, it's a lot it's, of that is situational yep, based too. Yep. Like where where was he used in certain situations in New England compared to in Carolina, and what teams are they playing? Obviously, in different divisions too. So yep. that has a has a big piece. To I'm play sure if we were to go look at those four touchdowns, you wouldn't be like, oh god, he got burnt. You know what I mean? Like yeah, no, exactly. So that'd be interesting to look at. Actually, I, I haven't done my research that extensively yeah. and that thoroughly, but um, that'd be. That'd be pretty interesting, but I think, you know, those guys are those guys are in a position to be very good. And you look at the rest of their, uh, you know, their division. There, the Titans. Like you, the Titans are still going to be good, but they just don't seem to have what it takes to crack their the full potential. Division. I definitely. The Colts, the, Colts the, the Colts will have will have arguably, you know, on paper, the best defense in that division. And I'm a big defensive guy. Defense wins championships. I say the Colts. The Colts win the division this year, and they they uh, they make a little push. I don't know, Matt Ryan. He's he's been there. I'm liking this Colts team now. I don't, I'm not take a, a step back. I'm not a Wentz fan, dude. I, when Wentz is back there, I just like, Egh. like he just Wentz is like Trubisky. Yeah. Every pass he throw, you don't know if it's going <laughs> to land in the you don't parking know lot. Which, you don't know which Wentz or Trubisky you're getting. You don't know who the ball is going to. And Wentz, you know, he's a great. He's a great guy. You know, he can't. It's a good locker room guy, probably. But well, he's, sure he's, 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 a, he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. When it came to throwing that rock around, <laughs> y'all thought Jared Goff was bad. Oh, that's my QB1 right there. Every time Trubisky dropped back, it was literally a prayer. Like, I didn't know where the ball was going. <laughs> and more times than not, it landed oh, in the opposing team's hands. That's good. But a prayer of mine that has been answered, Ty. You know what that is this weekend that's coming? Or the USFL? The USFL, Ty. <laughs> We rolling. Yeah, Michigan Panthers. The Michigan Panthers, man. Jeff Fisher, baby. I am excited for this. Week one is here. The games start today, I would assume, as you listen to this on Saturday on Fox and NBC. There'll be a simulcast. You can also watch the games live on Peacock. I'm not sponsored by them. Nothing. You just love it. I'm just excited, man. We'd I'm like just to be excited. Sponsored, I am I I am excited for this. I'm excited for the production opportunities that these entail. Um 
Week one, we're opening up New Jersey Generals versus Birmingham Stallions. That's the only game on Saturday. It's at 7.30. Then you've got three games on Sunday at noon, 4, and 8 o'clock. Michigan plays at noon. They play the Houston Gamblers at Sunday at noon. So I will be tuning in for that one for sure. Jeff Fisher, former, what, Ram coach, and where else was he? Uh, well, he was on the Rams for a while. He's he, Hard Knocks, he, right? He was, he was St. Louis. Fired on, did he get fired on Hard Knocks? From the Rams? I believe yeah. he did. I want to say he got fired like almost and like I he think, had to announce to his team that he got fired. On I hard think knocks. he had a stint with the Falcons. Yeah, I, was, I can't remember the second team, I but I know it, he was a Saint. It's either the Falcons or the Raiders, Ty. When they were with St. Louis, right? The Rams. Yeah, yeah he was. Louis. Yeah. But on that USFL, on those games, I'm just interested to see how. Uh, I don't know how to put this. Like how the how Vegas deals with it. You know what I mean? How how yeah. big how big is this thing going to be? How really big is this going to be? I guess we don't know until. You see the viewership, but this thing—I think it's—I think this thing is awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, some I wanted to talk about, um, and I, you'll see I, I've thrown it up on the uh, the screen over here. Is that the views we're going to have in these Uf, USFL games? This one right here, you'll see, is a helmet cam. I've got it up in the studio right now. They're going to have two of these on each team for each of the games. Two cameras in the helmets. How sweet is that? Just watching that right now. Yeah. How sweet is that? It, I promise you, it it for all the people because I know it's people like, who've never. Does it make played sense football, in a broadcast? Maybe no, but like we've never played football. Like football does not look like that. <laughs> like doing like, helmet, that is not like no. football does not look like that. Hey, it looks like all American. Looks like an uh, all American scene. You think like, so? Yeah. Football does not look like that through a helmet. I like, think it's cool though because it offers a different perspective, and you see football. I'm I'm fighting. I'm losing. <laughs> <laughs> you good, brother? Looks like Asher Andrews, an yeah, All-American. You good, brother? You feel me? Uh, like, football don't look like that. But I think it's pretty cool, though, because it offered it offer the broadcast. That's something the NFL would never do. Exactly. No, they won't. You'll yeah. never get that from the NFL, uh, college football, would. stuff like that. And that's what the USFL got to do. They got to take advantage of it. Exactly. I think, you know, making those those strides to be different is where it's going to be huge. Talk. There's going to be 16 guys mic'd up in each game. Where I was no, talking. that's going to be wild. That is absolutely wild. Like, how do you even, I don't that's, even know. That's, that's going to Troy Evans on the defense. 16? <laughs> 16 total. How can you, like, differentiate, like, the good quality audio? I, I have no idea. I was going to say, how many mics bumping into each I'm, other? Whole I'm game. struggling. I don't know. You, got, you guys can see a little bit of my setup over here. You should have seen me during the interview. I'm over here hitting the cameras and the, and the audio and making sure everything. <laughs> ah, my heart is beating at a million things a second. I can only imagine whoever the hell is in charge of their production for the USFL is going to be shitting Highlight bricks. Highlight Higgy, baby. He's going to be shitting bricks. He ain't doing that. Shout out Highlight Higgy, man. He behind the camera. He ain't doing any of I'm that. I'm going to tag him on Twitter just right now so he can see it. You can do that. And yep. hey, shout to him because that's an awesome opportunity for him but I tell you where he no, does he not want to be yeah, is in the that. booth trying to monitor 16 audio stuff, levels though? oh he's fantastic his stuff's been yeah, pretty cool from one, from one creative guy to another he does, yeah. some, he does oh, yeah. very well he does really well good work mm-hmm. and I've seen him he's good dude too work with a lot of athletes um, at our level which has been really fun to see yeah. um, we'd love, to, we'd love to get him on sometime and talk about oh, his yeah. experience there that'd be great 16 people is too much we'll see man all you need is like two maybe three yeah but 16, bro, talk about how else and let's, what a better way to differentiate yourself from the league than to change the broadcast, to change the production. They're changing the game a little bit. We talked about different rules, talked about different extra points and kickoffs and, and overtime and all these other ways that they're changing the game. But this one, guys, I'm going to show you one right here that I've got up on the TV. This one is way cooler. This is an FPV drone, and this is another view they're going to be bringing to the game. Watch this kickoff up in the air over the return team. Swings around. That was a terrible kick, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> These are paid actors, bro. I hope so. Uh, oh my goodness! But look at that. E. You can't lie. That's that is kind of sick. Yeah. yeah. That's I hope they only do it like a couple times a game. I hope. Yeah, but no, that's not going to be. That is going to be a very specialty type camera angle. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that's exactly how they're going to use. that I would time. hate for that drone to die like me at play. Could you imagine? That would be chaos. Here he goes, 20, 30, and he trips in the drone. (laughs) (laughs) But, dude, like, coming from someone who is, you know, not the, you know, two-mile horn, but I'm a certified drone drone. pilot. I got the license. I have an FPV drone, so. You should hang up in here. Seeing that's pretty cool. I might have to now since I started using it. Yeah. Um, But just seeing that for me is so cool and so interesting. And also it's like bringing in those guys because that's money, too. Cause you got to bring in drone pilots, you got to bring in spotters, you got to bring in a whole crew, another part of the crew. Yep. I think the only reason they're able to do this is because, like I said, they're only in one host city, which is Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. If Thank you me. had all these pop up, you know, trying to get all these teams situated, 
excuse me, I'm fighting, I'm losing over here too. See? If you had all these teams in different cities across the country, you would not, in no way in hell, be able to afford all of this expert production. But For the sure. fact they're doing it in one host city, I think, has allowed them to be very creative with it. And at first, I was very critical, I will admit, I was very critical of the one host city. Now seeing all of this, I haven't seen any games played yet. I think it was a very smart decision because it allowed them to not handicap their creativity and to change the way the game is not only played but also presented, 100%. which is huge. So, that, so they probably are literally going on the NFL checklist and just being like, how can do we do, do this? the opposite yeah. of this, do the opposite of that, <laughs> let's do this. I mean, think about it. It's just another – it's one of those leagues where you're like – you can't really get too bought in. Like No, it's hard to because there's nothing if the really Panthers, at stake. If the Panthers go to the USFL championship and they lose, I'll be pissed. Like <laughs> like just in general. But I'm just saying, like, if they don't make the playoffs, I'm not gonna sweat it. Like it's just I'll be getting some gear though. Oh, oh yeah, I'll get a hat. I'll be getting some gear. I'll get a hat, sweatshirt. I'm gonna have to do a little maybe do a little giveaway or something. Only thing I can say what do you think about that. They could have chose a better host city. Really? Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama is just a weird state. It had to do with availability of stadiums and other amenities, but I'm not 100% sure where that choice came down to. Um, they could have went to, like, Georgia or something. They could have. I feel like that'd be more Georgia, lively. Be more Florida, lively. Texas. Yeah, Texas. No, they had to probably – they had to ate that up in Texas. <laughs> they had to ate that up in Texas. Tell me I'm lying right now. No, you ain't. They had to ate the USFL up in Texas. They, they, they could have oh, played God. at one of them high school stadiums that <laughs> – Sit fifty thousand people. They played, sold it out every week. Remember, they played the D two national championship at McKinney ISD national a high school stadium. It was basically a high school stadium. Yeah, that gamut. The gamblers lost again. <laughs> Those damn Panthers then <laughs> sold us again, Jimmy. <laughs> We're gonna see if the Houston following that gamblers following is as uh, as devoted as you as you crack them out to be. Man, I'm trying to tell you, if they had sent it to Texas, bro, it'd look like. <laughs> It looked like uh, Bedlam every week. <laughs> That's a sold-out stadium. <laughs> Did they just play in Texas last week? <laughs> yeah, must, this team Michigan doing versus well. team Illinois this, this week, honey. Man. They must be doing pretty well. They're selling seats. <laughs> so tickets for these USFL games, because how much they cost? 15 10 Smart you trying to tell me they want to sell out in Texas every week? $10 and kids get in free. All day football, $10. Spring football for ten bucks. Go in and you know, I'm not of age, but if you are, go yeah. and have a few have a few drinks responsibly, and you watch know, just it. enjoy the game. Watch I mean, the that Panthers. sounds awesome. Coles went out in the fourth. Exactly, Kobe. It a blew up. Great. The NFL would have bought them this year <laughs> after one season if in, they Texas. Were in Texas. They'd have bought them after one year. Yeah, we liking this. They 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 moving too fast though. We gonna we gonna shut this down early. Yeah, we can't we can't be having any of this. We're gonna be out of business. We, we keep allowing this. We we keep allowing this to happen. We ain't gonna be in business no more. We gotta we gotta shut this shit down from the roots. <laughs> Hell damn, Jimmy! <laughs> the USFL boys and sold out three weeks in a row. Now, now for those three. listening who don't know, the USFL was around before, right? They call this yeah. the inaugural season. The USFL, their downfall initially, you know what that was? Trying to take over the NFL. They went through this whole series of lawsuits, and there's a very long story about it, but basically they technically won the lawsuit. I use air quotes here if you're listening on one of the platforms, but they got $1 in the lawsuit. They won $1 because they were suing the NFL for being a monopoly, which everyone knows to be true, but knowing something to be true and proving it in a court of law are two very different things. Yep. And when you're the NFL, we talked about them being strapped with lawyers before. They know how to defend themselves. Well, I had a great talk about this with Coach Kirby, actually, Did in you? my exit interview. He sat there for like 30 minutes and he explained to me USFL and how yeah. it was around during his time, the first real season yeah. of the USFL. What did he say? And he was just talking about how they actually did a really good job of getting guys, getting scouts and like area scouts out to the places that he was at because back then, Northern was the first place NFL scouts used to come like through the, through the trip because we had, at the time when he was here, I don't, I don't remember what year it was, we had probably six guys in the NFL. Yeah. So so after the the pipeline kind of died down, you know, and that USFL came in, and they started they started sending more guys up to our our area in the UP or That'd whatever. Be sweet, yeah, and, that's sweet. And so that, he was he was kind of saying how it's he loves it because it's a uh, it's just another opportunity. You know what I just noticed watching the looking at the cameras on here right. with your hair like that, you actually can't see your eyes from the camera view. He like he like he like it's uh, so funny. He like uh, Peter Parker in Spider Man Three. <laughs> When he got the uh, symbiote suit, <laughs> yeah. and he went through that whole little life, that little life crisis, like, like, look, life crisis. Like, look at me, you can't, you can't even. 
Your hair is covered. It's not as bad. No, you had it. I was gonna put my hair up like over it, but I feel like I look like a like, weirdo with my hair. Like, <laughs> like a headband. Use the use the head the headset as a headband. Like I'm gonna Shaggy start. Rogers. I'm just gonna wear my do rag next time, like Ty. And Should we all show up in ski masks for the next episode? Just in like, honor, Ty. Come on, I'll pull up in my ski again. <laughs> We got the cameras on now. I'm telling I you, this man, my ski mask this last man night. is in a ski mask for every episode, usually with the flat, the fitted, the fitted Yankee cap. And the, we get the cameras on Stop now. Playing. He's trying to look. Now he's trying to look pretty for the podcast. Look pretty, now man. he's trying to look pretty. No ski mask, no fitted. He got the puffers off the jacket. I put the heat on in here today. You appreciate that? See, I got my Nike tech get on. The t- man. I knew you had the tech with on with the slippers, man. You know, we big in the hospital socks too. These are socks they gave me. After my, these are socks they gave me after my surgery. When I'm feeling cozy, I throw are them on. They comfy as hell. What? Those are this legit. Where they got those from? Cole, real deal, Cole. Stop playing. I'm locked in. When I'm feeling cozy, I throw the hospital joints on. I seen you at Quan's earlier in that crisscross applesauce. Quan was, was at my crib. Hey, Quan, need to get me on that private story. What's up with that? Yeah, Quan, I, I, I ain't on Quan's private story. What's up with that? Hell, I give him an impromptu call right now. No, that's right. We'll wrap, we'll wrap the podcast first, and we can talk. To, <laughs> we can talk to Quan after that. I don't, don't want to tell him straight to his face. Shut up, but, bad, bro. I didn't know you even like stuff like that, bro. But that's all we've got for today's episode, fellas. Um, unless you've got anything to add, I think that's that's a good place to to end it off. I feel like, you know, we're at 40 minutes of just us talking. We blew. We blew through that. And it's, yeah, it's been sure. fun. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed yeah, seeing fun. us talk about all this stuff and, and banter and laugh about all these great topics. Um, but, you know, as usual, watch us on YouTube. we got a new episode coming out every week with more guests on every week. Thank you, Ty. Thank you, Cade, for uh, coming on for this episode. Jimmy, we missed you for this one. He'll Slam. be back. He'll be missed. He'll be back. He'll be missed. But um, like I said, you can watch us on YouTube. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at D1Rejects, on Instagram at Division One Rejects. Thank you all. Have a very great weekend. And go watch some USFL.